me and my future husband are getting married soon and everything has been going smoothly until the topic of mahar came up. I'm from a middle class family and alhamdulillah both my parents have done well financially. I don't think but I don't work but I studied business at university. To be honest, I grew up always just wanting to get married before 30 and having an amazing wedding and having my own little family. I really like my husband to be. He's an established banker, but he's simply not shifting his opinion on my mahar request. This has been going on for a few weeks and I don't want to be undervalued and I really believe that if he loves me, he will pay. However, he's now on the brink of calling it off. Is my 50k mahar really too much to ask? Guys, 50,000 pounds. I ain't gonna lie, that's a lot of money to drop. But he's a banker. An established banker, she says. So I see where she's going with this, but we'll get into this. Let's understand firstly the purpose of mahar in Islam, the dowry. So I'm not a scholar, so I'm not going to lecture you on any fiqh, on mahar and dowry. That's for you to go and do your research. But the mahar essentially is, not only is it your right that Allah, that Allah gave you, but you can also request however you want. So there's no ceiling to that and nobody can take that off you. And the mahar is an expression of the man's desire to get married to you and his intention to shoulder and probably showing the capabilities he has to shoulder the responsibilities and duties upon him that are going to be upon him and maybe even the family who may help him financially. Straight up, the mahar protects you from guys who are not serious and can't take on the responsibility of being a husband and potentially fatherhood. Think about it, if I've got if I've got a daughter, I have a sister, a mother, an auntie, and we will get into this that it is sunnah to ask and request for a lower mahar. But if they're requesting a lot lower in that in the community they're in, in the area that they live in, and then guys are seeing them as an easy target, someone just to quickly get married to, and they're not being serious. You see where I'm coming from? Maybe having the mahar a little bit higher shows that actually you're going to have to pattern up. You're going to have to be on par with what is expected for you to, to be. But I, I, obviously the, the counters will be there and we'll get into that. But I can completely understand why you would want, in this case, for the mahar to be, uh, as you said, 50k. And because from your understanding, as you said... You probably had a um, your upbringing. Your parents have done well financially, so if they've both done well financially, there's a lot of income coming in to the house. I presume that there was, you know, holidays every year. There's probably, you know, things were comfortable. They weren't necessarily struggling, so to speak. And you also have, you don't really want to feel like you're cheap and easy. That pressure is there. You want to feel like you're the prize. Potentially, you also have family status. So I'm presuming also that if your family, maybe your mom and dad have done well, maybe there's other family members that have done well as well. 
and you're probably looking at the females over there and and again it's not a you know a business transaction so I don't want to see what they've gone for I don't want to say what they've gone for but you kind of know what I'm, what I'm trying to say how much mahar they've requested so you don't really want to stand out you want to keep up with your family trend because if you were to stand out maybe it will cause you and your family some harm you also feel like that he can pay you're saying that he has a a good job there's obviously particular customs uh, customs and society, maybe even culture. Let's not even get into social media. So I think all of these things are factors that the guy needs to consider before even chatting to or after speaking to uh, a sister. For example, if he is a normal guy who's working class and he's, you know, he's spoken to, fa- to the father of the sister and the father's invited her over and he looks at the address and he's having to travel to Kensington. Best believe that the mahar is not going to be cheap unless they are going to decide as a family that we are going to follow the sunnah and request a lower mahar. But maybe if the father, the mother and the, uh, and the sister is used to a particular lifestyle, you need to pull up your socks and decide whether or not you can fulfill those expectations. So I can see where she's coming from. However, the, the stats seem to show that a higher mahar seems to lead to an early divorce. Now let me make a distinction here. A higher mahar, I mean for those who are being extravagant. Someone who brings in 10 million a year 50k is not a high mahar. That's nothing for them. We're talking about the person who has not seen 50k and is demanding 50k. That is extravagant. So, it's like if someone has done that, you know, a sister is requesting a ridiculous amount relative to her and her society and her upbringing, and then the guy is put into a predicament and then he decides to take loans to be able to pay that off. Why do you think it leads to an early divorce? You've already started the marriage under incredible financial strain and mental stress. For for not just for him, for both of you. Because most cultures we know, you're going to have, the guy's going to have to have, he's going to have to pay for some sort of parties before the wedding items dresses things like this then the wedding itself you've got the venue you've got the decor you've got the food you've got you know the invites all of that stuff and then if you decided to go on a honeymoon of some sort and then both of you maybe haven't been going to work so there's you're going to have to come back to work and you're already behind because you have you've missed a few days or whatever it may be can you see what you know, so that could what that could rack up twenty k easy, and then you also down by fifty k. So I can see why he would say, why this person that you're talking about, this guy would say, I'm not interested anymore. And he that's his right, by the way. He doesn't have to accept. You've stated what you want. He says I'm not on it. He's allowed to do that. Also, he may not be in a financial position to drop that amount. He could be in debt. Maybe he is trying to plan and think, you know what, this is not the type of debt I want to be in. Maybe he doesn't have that type of money lying around. 
his job doesn't always signal wealth. You know, somebody's job doesn't always, it may be a good job, but it doesn't always signal the current wealth and assets that they have. So from a deen and Islamic perspective, we know requesting a lower mahar, a lower dowry is sunnah, and was the way of the Prophet. But there is no harm in asking for more, because there is an asylum to that. So the middle ground is to be reasonable. But what is reasonable? Because what's reasonable to one woman is not reasonable to another. So base it on your husband, his family, their wealth, your upbringing and the current times you live in. Any sister listening to this, it's not a business transaction. It doesn't indicate your value. If he says, no, I'm not on that. That doesn't mean that he thinks that you're not worth 25k, 10k. It's not that. There could be five different reasons why he doesn't want to do that. The fact that he's getting married to you doesn't mean, you know, the fact that he's getting married to you shows that he's interested in you. If he says no to the dowry, there could be different reasons. So you have to have that honest conversation. I mean, listeners, let me know what you think. What do you see as a reasonable mahar? As should this sister, should she keep her 50k request? And I think everybody is going to have a different request on mahar. There's going to be some similar, but if you look, the trends will only appear if we zoom out and we look at different cities, areas, economic status and things like that. Then we see similar mahar and similar patterns there. People should have that mahar talk right up there with the early conversations because, you know, you get a guy, for example, and he's chatting to a sister and they're looking to get married and he's been to the house, he's done it the halal way. And she's always been saying to him, don't worry, I don't really want to, you know, uh, a high mahar. I just want to focus on us starting really off, starting off really well. And then suddenly her her father and mother here and thinking, what are you talking about? You need to say this number. And they give her a number. You need to mention this amount. And suddenly she's put into pressure and he he wasn't expecting this. How many times has have I seen this happen? The mahar shouldn't be an amount we all agree on. But we should have a balanced approach when coming up with that number. So I think you shouldn't be stingy and you shouldn't be extravagant. It shouldn't burden the husband and that number also shouldn't discourage marriage. And at the same time, the, the mahar should do justice to the bride-to-be. It should, it should show haq and honour to the bride-to-be. So it's not too low and it's not too high. For anybody that gets to the end of this episode, I thank you so much for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Thank you.